What's up, Stone Creek? Joey McLaughlin here. Joey McLaughlin 2. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can keep up with the Quarantine Chronicles, a little mini-series I'm doing on social media. It's got guaranteed truth, laughs, and the cutest pictures of a three-year-old on the planet. You're welcome. Hey, in all seriousness, so pumped that you're joining us for church online today. Can we make some noise for those of us who are joining in online? I've got some of my friends here who are joining us today to try and make this thing feel real and authentic and genuine, to make it feel like I'm there with you wherever you are. And um, man, no matter where you are, no matter why you're tuning in today, whether you're a Stone Creek regular, this is your church home, or um, you're just giving this God thing a try because it feels like it's the end of the world as we know it. Can you name that song in your living room, that band? Do you know who it is? If you said REM, you got it right. Give yourself a high five. Oh man, um, in all seriousness, we are so genuinely glad that you've decided to join in for church online today. One of the amazing things about the Church of Jesus Christ is that it is so much bigger than a building. The Church of Jesus cannot be contained by the coronavirus. In Matthew 18, Jesus says this thing about the church that makes it so different from every other organization and every other religion on the planet. He says that where two or more are gathered in his name, that he is there also. And so we can rest on this truth that we may be forced to do social distancing, but nothing can force us to do spiritual distancing. That God's presence is real, that he is here and he is there with you right now. And so we should not be shaken. We should not be moved. We should rest confidently on the truth that if we build our lives on Jesus, that if we build our lives on something that is stable, then our world doesn't have to be. Our world can be collapsing all around us, but we can stand confident in the promise of our God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's remember that truth today. So if you're just jumping into the conversation, we are in a fresh season of vision as a church called Beyond. And about a year ago as a team, we started praying and dreaming up what God had for us next. And we came across this scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Look at what the apostle Paul says. He says that God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. God has given us his spirit and we've taken on his mission to see his church expand to the ends of the world. And we believe that he wants, us, wants to use us in ways that are beyond our wildest imagination. This scripture has just gripped us in this season. We believe that God is just getting started with the story of Stone Creek. We believe that there's so much more that he wants to accomplish, that it's time for this mission to multiply. It's time for this movement to move beyond where it is today. And so there are four components of this beyond vision. The first one is this, is it's beyond church. We believe in being a church that helps people move beyond just going to church on Sunday. It's beyond here. Over the next five years, we're gonna move beyond just one location to five additional locations around the world. And we believe that it's time to move beyond now, that it's our job to help prepare the next generation for the mission that they are called to steward and beyond us. You know, when we started dreaming up this vision, we just felt really compelled, really convicted that we wanted to do something that was beyond what our eyes would ever see. You know, this is a generosity initiative, which means that it's about money, but don't click away, don't click away, don't click away. 
Because when we started to think about this, we thought, you know what? If we're gonna talk about money, we should put our money where our mouth is. Don't you love people who put their money where their mouth is? Like, I don't mind a little trash talk if you can back it up, you know what I'm saying? And so we figured we'd put our money where our mouth is by giving 10% of all of our increased generosity away to our partner organizations. Like, how cool is that? How unique is that? We're gonna give upwards of $500,000 away to organizations where we may never even get to see or hear of the kingdom impact that they work. We don't control these organizations. We're hands off these organizations. We're just giving it away in faith and believing that God's gonna do the miraculous. We're giving this money away to organizations like OM, Operation Mobilization, that plants churches in some of the most at-risk, unreached parts of the world. We're giving money away to organizations like Summit Counseling, who's doing Jesus-centered therapy right in our backyard, counseling students and kids and adults dealing with depression and anxiety and suicide. We're giving money away to Envision Atlanta. Um, Envision Atlanta is located in Clarkston, Georgia, which is home to over 14,000 refugees, people coming from countries all over planet Earth, 60 different languages, 40 nationalities are represented in Clarkston. And in the last three years, Envision Atlanta has planted 19 house churches. 19 house churches who get to hear the Bible taught in their own language. 19 house churches that get to experience church in their own culture. How amazing is that? And we get to give to stuff like that. We get to give to She Is Safe. It's one of our, you know, like most primary partnership organizations. And She Is Safe rescues girls and women from human trafficking and exploitation in some of the most vulnerable at-risk parts of the world. And they're so much more than a, a, a sex trafficking organization. They're so much more than pr preventing that. Man, I think that they're a church planning organization. I think that they're a micro-enterprising organization. They're a community development organization. They're one of the most add to the bone organizations on the planet. And we get to throw fuel on the fire of the life change that we're creating. That's what Beyond Us is all about. That's what we get to step into as a church. And I'm so pumped to be a part of it. And so I hope that you've been praying. I hope that you've been processing how you are called to give to Beyond in this season. What step you're called to take. No matter the dollar amount, we all have a part to play in this initiative. We all have something that we're supposed to do. And the reason that it's an all of us thing, the reason that our primary goal is 100% participation is because we believe that this is way more about what God wants to do in you than through you. That God doesn't want to just move our church beyond, that God wants to move you beyond. He wants to move you beyond where you're at in your faith. He wants to move you beyond where you're at in your level of expectation. He wants to move you beyond in your understanding of his provision. And he wants to move you beyond your belief in the miraculous. And so that's why we start to give. Because when, we're, when we begin to give, we rely on God. When we begin to give, we invite him into the situation. And so, man, I'm gonna just encourage you, every person who calls Stone Creek home, every person who's hearing this message right now, every person who believes in the vision of what God is doing, I'm just gonna ask you to buy in. Let, let me get my cards out on the table early. We thought about punning this. We thought about hitting pause on the beyond vision. In light of everything that's going on in our world, the stress on the economy, how displaced we are, the fact that we're not able to meet together in person, we thought about hitting the pause button. But the more that we prayed, 
the more that we processed, the more that we leaned in, the more we believed that the time is now for this. The time is now for us to move beyond. Our world is so desperate to get beyond where they're at right now in this current situation. And we believe that Jesus Christ is gonna be the catalyst to make that happen. We believe that we need to be on now more than ever. And so we're not slowing down, we're speeding up, we're saying yes, we're stepping in so that we can go beyond. And we hope that you'll join us. It's gonna be awesome. All right, who's ready for that word? Y'all ready for the word? So pumped for the word today. If you have your Bibles, um, Joshua, Joshua chapter six is where we're going to be today. Joshua chapter six. I get to teach one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible. I get to teach about the walls of Jericho. How many of you guys uh, sang that Walls of Jericho song growing up in VBS? Any of y'all? Any of y'all got it in the crowd? Can you sing it? Walls came tumbling. Sing it, baby. How many of y'all who didn't grow up in church know about the WWE wrestler named Jericho? <laughs> couple of y'all, couple of y'all know about that guy. All right, enough of that. Jericho chapter six. Um, we'll pick the story up in verse one. Look at what God's word says. It says, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. Kind of feels like they're quarantined. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once, thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Now the ark is this sacred box that would have represented God's presence on earth at the time before Jesus showed up. And so this ark would have went before them. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a, with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up everyone straight before him. I wanna preach a message for you today titled Beyond Barriers, Beyond Barriers. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would bless this time. God, I'm grateful for the gift of your spirit that you are here in this room right now and that you're in every living room and in every coffee shop and at every watch party that is hearing the sound of my voice that your spirit is moving, that he's active and that he wants to do something in each and every one of us. And so I just pray God that this morning, you'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to believe. And I pray in the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Is there a more absurd story in all of the Bible than the battle of Jericho? I mean, when you think about it, there is this city, this impenetrable city historically that has this, these fortified walls. Historically speaking, these walls would have been somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 to 28 feet high. They were some of the first military walls of their kind. And Jericho had never been overthrown. It had never been invaded because of these walls. And so then there's Joshua, one of his first acts as leader of the nation of Israel. He's supposed to go and overthrow the city. And so he goes and he meets with God and he and God devise this plan. And God comes to Jericho and he goes, yo, Jericho, you got a marching band? Because if you do, then I want you to get your marching band together and I want you to have them walk around the walls of Jericho playing their instruments. And I want for you to have them walk around the walls every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want for you to have them walk around the wall seven times. And then at the end, just everybody scream. Like, what kind of a plan is this? 
Like, I want for you to imagine like a coach going into a football locker room going, hey guys, I know that like it's been a long season. I know that we're like this close to the championship, but here's my plan for this game. Quarterback, don't need you. Lineman, don't need you. Where are my guys with skinny jeans and converses? Like, where are my flautists? Anybody play the oboe? What about like hot cross buns on the recorder? Anybody, anything, got it? Like, this is a terrible idea. This is a terrible plan that God wants to send these people out to the front battlefield. But I think that there's a great lesson to learn here is that when the situation seems impossible, God begins to work in the unconventional. That when odds seem to be stacked against us, God begins to work in new ways. You know, I really believe that some of us need to move beyond our understanding of who God is and how God works. We need to move beyond the boxes that we try to put God in. We put God in these boxes. And I think that that's what keeps us from being able to experience the miraculous. You know, so many people, they wanna experience a miracle, but they wanna stay normal. And kind of the essence of a miracle is that it's not normal and that it happens in ways that are unconventional. And we've gotta be open to that. We've gotta be, we've gotta be willing to step into that. Like, like if you won't let yourself look a, a little ridiculous, you're probably not gonna experience the miraculous. If you won't allow yourself to look a little foolish. I mean, I mean, think about what, what the apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, God's power is made perfect in our what? In our weakness, in our foolishness, in our ridiculousness, in our willingness to say yes to God, no matter what. You see, that's where the power is. That's that's where the power is. The place of power is when we're willing to get outside of the norm. You see, here at the Battle of Jericho, God asks his people to step out of the norm. This is not normal battle techniques. Can we agree? This isn't a normal battle plan. This isn't a normal strategy. This is a different way of doing things. Like how ridiculous must these men have felt walking around the walls? How silly must they have felt on day one, just I'm walking around the walls, playing my trumpet. That's ridiculous. That is not normal. They would have been a laughing stock. In the same way that I think that God was calling them to, to move beyond the norm, I think that God is calling us to move beyond the norm. He's calling us to move beyond social norms, societal norms, some of our spiritual norms. We've got to move beyond that if we want to experience what he's got in store for us. And I actually think that this strategy of circling is one that can help us win our war too. Such an interesting strategy circling that he asks these men to walk around a wall six times over six days and then seven times on the seventh day, just circling. How many of you know that there's like a good kind of circling and a bad kind of circling? How many of you know that there's like a both kind of circling? Like where it's kind of good and kind of bad like this? Check this out. This is kind of a both kind of circling. And this is all I've been doing since the coronavirus hit is watching dogs chase themselves and chase their tails. Um, that's kind of an okay kind of circling, right? But there's a, there's a bad kind of circling, isn't there? A kind of circling where you feel like you're stuck on the same page 
where you're living the same thing over and over and over again, where you just feel like you've got these broken rhythms, these broken routines, you're going in circles. You feel like you're talking in circles when you talk to your spouse. You, you, you ever met like a girl who like, she just goes in circles on, in relationships. She just like comes back to the same place in every relationship she finds herself in. And then she's like, oh, men are all the same. You ever met this girl? Well, I just want you to know, girlfriend, that there's one common denominator in your relationships and it's you. So uh, all men might not be the same, you know? Um, it may be that you're in this circle of relational destruction. Have you ever found yourself in a circle of financial stress? Every month, you just wind up in the same circle of outspending what you make. You ever been in a circle of feel like parenting, like you're, you're going in circles with your teenager? It's just the same conversation over and over and over again. You ever felt like you were caught in a circle of addiction? Like there was this circle of sin that you fell into just every couple of weeks when you got tired. The circle of giving into temptation. We get caught in so many circles. And the reality is this was the story of the nation of Israel. For 40 years before they ever got to this point, they'd actually been wandering in circles. The thing about Joshua is that like, he's got a history of circling. Like he's from a lineage, a long line of circlers, of people who were just walking in the desert, chasing their tails, walking in circles over and over again. And here is God now asking them to circle. I find it so interesting that God asks them to do the same thing that they've been doing, but he changes their perspective. He changes their reason. He changes their why. I love that God uses a posture that they know, but shifts their perspective for how it's supposed to be performed. That's our God. Like he redeems it all. He takes our bad habits and he uses them to break down walls. That's what our God does. He's a God of redemption. And he tells them to circle. He tells them to walk around every day in a circle for six days and then walk in a circle seven times on the seventh day. They circle, but not like they've ever circled before. You gotta know that there's a right way to circle. There's a right way to circle. The thing about a circle is that a circle is consistent. A cir there's repetition to a circle. There's rhythm to a circle. There's this continuation to a circle that occurs. And some of you guys, the circle that you need to begin to embrace is a circle of consistency, of consistency. Craig Rochelle, one of the um, pastors at one of the largest churches in the country, he says this, he says, great leaders do regularly what other leaders do occasionally. Great leaders do regularly what other leaders do occasionally. It takes consistency to change a culture. It takes doing something over and over and over again before it starts to set in. Repetition gives way to revival. It takes time for your circle to become contagious for other people to catch on. Notice this. I never noticed this part of the story till I was reading it this week. Check out verse 12. It says, then Joshua rose early in the morning on the first day. On the first day, Joshua rises early in the morning. Now, if you were to really study the story of Joshua, you would know that Joshua has a circle of rising early. That he's got this, this is what he does. This is his rhythm. This is his routine. He's the kind of guy that wakes up early. Joshua's the kind of guy that wakes up before dark wakes up. You know what I'm saying? Like he's up at the butt crack of dawn before anyone else is. And he's done this over and over and over again. And we learn from this story that on the first day, Joshua wakes up early. But somewhere along the way in the story, 
I don't know if it's on day four or five or six, but something begins to shift. Something begins to change, or so it seems. If I had to imagine it, I would have to imagine that by like day four or five, all the priests, all the people, they're tired of circling. They don't want to wake up and circle. But Joshua wakes up and circles every day. His circle is to wake up early to prepare to circle. And somewhere along the way, this starts to catch on. Some expectation that Joshua has starts to rub off on those around him. And we know that because of verse 15. Look at verse 15. On the seventh day, they rose early. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. Some of y'all gotta know that it's gonna maybe take you getting up early six times, circling six times before your spouse is ever gonna start to circle with you. You wanna see change in your company, change in your organization, see your team get on board. You might have to circle for a long time before that culture becomes contagious. It takes time. It takes a circle of consistency that is the catalyst for change. And your circles can be the catalyst for other people's belief. Joshua believed the whole time that the walls were coming down. Do you think the priests did? Do you think that the people did? I don't, I don't know. But I know that Joshua's consistency paved the way for other people's belief. And, and yours can do the same. We got to start walking in circles. It's time for some of us to get some new circles. They go from walking and wandering circles to walking and worship circles. Why do they do this? Like, I think that it's so interesting that God tells them to get the priests, to get people who can play instruments, to get people who can lift up their voice, to get worshipers. Why worshipers? Because praise, circles of praise shift perspective. Circles of praise shift perspective. We need perspective that can see beyond the walls that are in front of us. How many of you know that your perspective can get blocked by how high the walls are? by how big the barrier is. What are you walking around? What walls are in the way of you stepping into beyond? What walls are around your generosity? What walls are keeping you from the promise that God wants for you? What walls are you keeping out of intimacy with him? You know, the longer that you look at something, the bigger that it becomes. The longer that you look at something, the bigger that it becomes. Like, have you ever been in this situation before? You ever been at a pool and um, at a pool, somebody gets up on the high dive and if they, don't, if they don't jump fast, the longer that they wait, the less likely they are to jump, right? You know that. The longer you look down, the further it seems, the bigger that it becomes. Like, I love the guy who's like, all right, count me down. 10. I'm just like, I'm not counting you down, bro, because you're not going to jump, right? We're going to get to the end of it, and you're not going to jump, because the longer that you look at something, the bigger that it becomes. And some of you have been looking at the walls in front of you so long that you've started adding bricks to them. And we've started to worry about the infinite amount of possibilities of what could go wrong and what could happen and what could take place that it's kept us out of the promise that God wants for us. But praise shifts that perspective. It puts the problems on the back burner. It pulls things into focus. It allows us to begin to see clearly. Notice that God tells Joshua to see. Early on in verse two, Joshua tells, God tells Joshua to see. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. Now, see, I have given. Nothing's taken place yet. They haven't even started to walk around. They haven't even started to circle. And yet God says, see, I have given. Now, this is called the present perfect 
tense in the Hebrew, the present perfect tense in the Hebrew. And this is something that hasn't taken place yet, but has already happened because God has declared it. When God declares something, it's going to happen. All we've got to do is receive. And so he tells Joshua to see. Why? Because worship is seeing. At its essence, at its core, when you boil it down to its most fundamental component, what worship is, is it's seeing. It's seeing God. It's getting your eyes on Jesus. It's seeing life the way that it's meant to be seen. It's seeing through a new set of eyes. It's seeing yourself the way that you're supposed to see yourself. And it's seeing the enemy the way that you're supposed to see him, which is why worship is such a weapon. You gotta know that, that worship is one of the weapons that you've gotta use if you wanna step beyond. Worship is one of the weapons that you've gotta use if you wanna move beyond. You know the thing about circling something? Like when you circle something, when you walk in circles around something, like, let's just say that I'm walking in circles around this table, walking in circles around this table, walking in circles around this table. You know, this table is always here. This table doesn't move. And so when you're walking in circles around your wall, your wall is right there, right? You're moving, but your wall isn't moving. You're progressing, but your wall is still there. And so you've got to determine how you're going to see when you walk in circles around your wall. Are you going to look at the wall are you going to listen to the wall? Are you going to let the wall hurl insults at you? Are you going to let the wall taunt you? Are you going to let the wall talk trash to you? Or are you going to walk in worship? Are you going to get your eyes on Jesus? Are you going to look at Jericho? Or are you going to look at Jesus? Are you going to look at the wall? Or are you going to listen to God's word? What are you going to do? You see, praise shifts perspective. Some of y'all know this feeling. You know this emotion, you feel like you've been walking around a wall for years and you've just been listening to that wall, hearing that wall. But if you would start to worship, the perspective would change. You would begin to see and you would see things, how God sees things that, yeah, that wall's there, but that wall's coming down. That that wall's day is coming. That a moment is going to happen. A shift is going to take place. A shout is going to occur. And all of the walls that have been built up so high in front of you are gonna fall down before you. And you're gonna step in to everything that that wall was trying to keep you out of. Worship is the weapon that brings the wall down. Why? Because it gets our eyes on God. It gets our eyes on his faithfulness. It gets our eyes on the promise and off of the problem. You see, when you circle rightly, what you do is you stop circling the problems and you start circling the promise. You stop fixating and focusing on all of your feelings and all of the things that could happen and you start focusing and meditating and believing all the things that God has said. Are you gonna let the wall worry you? Are you gonna let worship inform you? Are you gonna let worship transform you by renewing your mind and seeing life as God says that it is, not as the news says that it is? I love one of the things that Pastor Stephen said this week. He said, do not re read the news before you read your Bible. Do not pick up the news before you pick up your Bible. Why? Because if you pick up the news for, first, you said, I'm gonna circle this problem. I'm gonna walk around this problem. I'm gonna fixate my attention on this problem. But when you pick up the word, you say, no, 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 I'm circling God's promise. I'm circling his truth. I'm circling the reality that his word does not return void. And that one day, every wall that's in front of me is coming down. This is what praise does. This is what worship does. This is why it is such an incredible weapon. Hey, I wanna close with this today. Don't stop on six. Don't stop on six. 
Could you imagine spending six days circling this wall over and over and over again to get to the sixth day and just being like, I'm done. Nothing's happening. God's not moving. This wall's not going anywhere. It's been there. It's always gonna be there. It's never gonna move. Have you stopped on six? Have you gotten so close to something? Have you, have you almost been able to see it, but then given up just before breakthrough was about to happen? Don't stop on six. I know that it'd be so easy to stop on six in this beyond movement. We've come so far. We've prayed so much. We've cast so much vision. We've rolled out so many new initiatives. We, we've told so many stories and it'd be so easy to just go, we're just gonna stop here. Like it's been a great 20 years. It's been, it's been a great couple of laps around the sun, but let's just stop on six. Could you imagine what would have happened if Joshua would have stopped on six? If he wouldn't have made it to seven, if he wouldn't have made it to that seventh day so that he could walk around seven times and finally let out that barbaric shout of praise and watch the walls come down. You're so close. You're right there. Keep on going. Keep on walking. Keep on circling. I think it's so essential for us right now in this season, for, for us in this season as a country, for us in this season as a church, it'd be so easy to just give up. So easy to go, God, where are you? God, why aren't you stopping this? Why aren't you making these walls come down? Just keep circling. Don't stop on six. You're so close to breakthrough. I love what happens when they get to the seventh day, verse 20. When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. There's new land for you to take today. There's a new promise for you to take today. There's new relationship for you, new intimacy for you. There's more of God that he wants you to experience. There is a new beyond that he wants you to step into. Don't give up on six. Keep on circling. Consistency matters. Praise shifts perspective. We need this today. Let's step into beyond. Let's pray. Father, I love you. And I thank you for the promise of your word, for the promise that it's true, for the promise that it's real, and for the promise that the promises that you've made are guarantees. They're not ideas. They're not maybes, but they're absolutes. God, I pray that we would live in the reality of your promise today. God, I pray that we become circulars today. I pray that we'd step beyond today. And I pray in the beautiful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.